In this season of Lent, we have taken as our theme the words we have sung many times here at Mountain View. You know the song? Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Lead me, lead me to the cross. Rid me of myself. Why? Because there's something else more important, right? When you look at these words, and you look at the words that you've just heard in this song, they're the same prayer, really, as the old hymn written by Isaac Watts over 300 years ago. You know what hymn I'm talking about? When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. My richest gain I count but loss. See, it's all about what's most important. And bringing it before this image of the cross. It's about being fully present here at the cross. Which actually brings to mind this one. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? While the message varies a little, the underlying idea in all of these is the same, isn't it? The event in question raises really important issues, the most important issues known to humanity. Who was Jesus really? And what does his death on a cross mean to me? And how do I respond to it? Who is Jesus? What does his death on a cross mean? And how do I respond to it? We're in chapter 14 of Mark's gospel today. And from this point on in Mark's gospel, it's all about this. This gospel, the, the gospel focuses on one thing from now on, the crucifixion of Jesus. So in this passage, Jesus is at dinner in the house of Simon the leper. Note that detail. Jesus is having dinner in the home of a leper. 
We need to be aware of the fact that the contemporaries of Jesus and, and the contemporaries of the writer, Mark, would have likely gasped at this point in the story. Simon the leper, he's having dinner in the home of Simon the leper. Lepers were to be avoided at all cost. You would never get near one, much less eat at table with a known leper. And yet, here it is. And this is just the beginning of the unusual things that happen at this meal. For in the middle of the meal, a woman appears with a bottle of perfume. Now, this is not a bottle of Chanel number no. 5. This is not normal perfume. This is a priceless alabaster jar of perfume and spices that would have most likely only been in the possession of a wealthy family. It was the kind of thing to be stored away, to be used exclusively to prepare a loved one for burial. However, get this, she poured the perfume onto Jesus' head. Now, Bible scholars point out that this act, pouring perfume onto someone's head, this act was a sign that someone was being anointed as king. In spite of this, Jesus' response was something unexpected. He said she had anointed him not for kingship, but for death. So this begs a question. Which is it? Kingship or death? And of course the answer is yes. It's both. So let's notice something else here. There is a dispute concerning money at this dinner. You ever had a dispute about money at a dinner? How's that make the food go down? So the other guests at the table objected to the costly perfume being used in this way. They pointed out that it could have been, instead of wasted on Jesus' head, it could have been sold and the money given to the poor. This really betrays how they felt about Jesus too. And Jesus' response to them was actually, actually his response to them has been the subject of a lot of discussion and debate ever since. He says, leave her alone. She has performed a good service for me for you always have the poor with you and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish, but you will not always have me. So first of all, this expression a good service. She has performed a good service. This is interesting to me. Other translations of this verse express it as being uh, wonderfully significant or she has done a good deed. But also, there are a few translations, including the message and the NIV and today's NIV, that, ref that translate these words that she has done something beautiful. Something beautiful. 
These words have been often quoted, uh, rightfully so, I believe, to encourage those who have artistic gifts to offer them in worship of Jesus. Creating something beautiful, be it visual art or architecture or, or something musical, something poetic, giving a beautiful gift or to sing a beautiful song, these are, are to be encouraged. Is Jesus saying here, though, that caring for the poor is somehow less important? No, I, I don't think he is. And here's why. Responsibility for the poor is assumed at this table. It's actually part of the law for the Jews. And I can just about guarantee you that everybody at that table would have known what Deuteronomy 15 says. And it's very specific. Deuteronomy 15, verse 11. Everyone's responsible for helping the poor. It says this, Since there will never cease to be some in need on the earth, I therefore command you, open your hand to the poor and needy neighbor in your land. It's part of the law. So what Jesus is so aware of here is his impending death. He's speaking here in full awareness of who he is. The son of God. He's aware of his kingship. It's very appropriate that this perfume was poured on his head because he is the king. He's fully divine. He's fully God at this table. The next meal he'll eat will be his last supper. In light of this, no expense should be spared. You see what I mean? What happens next? The crucifixion of the king of heaven is the pivotal event in all of history. So, leave her alone. She's doing something beautiful. She gets it. We need to say at this point that the gospel writer has called our attention to a contrast here. The money mentioned here is significant. The money is, there's actually another statement about money that follows right after. What is it? Whose, whose money is it and who gets it? Do you know? Yeah, Judas gets some money. Judas will betray Jesus. Now notice the contrast that's here. It's on purpose. This writer knows exactly what he's doing. She does something beautiful, costing a great quantity of money. Judas will do something ugly, treacherous, and be paid the sum of 30 pieces of silver, which is about one quarter of the value of the perfume. The writer of this gospel wants us to notice this, to contrast Judas and the woman, what they did, and the money involved. Okay, so let's come back to our theme, the theme of the songs. What was the theme of the songs? Do you remember? Who is Jesus? His death? 
And what does it mean to me? In short, what is the truth about Jesus? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Yeah. I was there. And in the words of Tom Wright, there's actually a more important related question. Since you're there when they crucified my Lord, what's going on inside you? Were you among those who wanted to run away or did run away? Didn't want to look because it was too gruesome or too scary. Or because some were too excessive in their response and it turned you off, were you among those who said, why this expense? What a waste. Were you like Judas? Well, if this is all going to go south, I might as well make a buck here. Hopefully not. Or were you looking to do something beautiful? I think probably your presence here this morning very likely puts you in that last camp. The desire of your heart to do something beautiful, is that, is that it? You know, to answer that, I believe you really need to answer something first. What happened with Jesus on that cross? And you need to answer it for yourself. First of all, did it really happen? If you believe it really happened, the crucifixion of Jesus, if you believe it really, truly happened, this suggests that God truly did give you an amazing gift with consequences for you eternal consequences for you personally. It means the gift of Jesus' crucifixion was the greatest gift anyone will ever give you. How do you respond to this? How do you do something beautiful? This is the question. You may be thinking, well, well, I'd like to, but I'm really not capable of something beautiful for God. Really? Wait a minute. What do we know about beauty? Beauty is in the eye of the... Yeah, we, we know this. So whatever is beautiful to you, what is beautiful to you? Whatever it is, is an appropriate response. What is most beautiful to you? This is where we need to begin. Remember, we're talking about the best thing anyone ever gave you. The best thing 
anyone ever did for you, what is your response? I believe that this gospel word is saying to us today that we are all encouraged to think like this woman and offer what is of value to us to respond to the gift of the death of Jesus. What is it that would be an an apt expression of your gratitude? What would be beautiful? Yesterday I was here in this building for about an hour and a half. We have a thing that happens once a month called buddy break. You all hear about it on a regular basis. We advertise it. I saw something beautiful being offered to Jesus yesterday. It was basically time. Just a few hours on a Saturday to give families with kids with developmental disabilities a break to go shopping, have a meal out, to do something fun called Buddy Break. And there were some Mountain View folks here lovingly, beautifully caring for these kids. For some, it involved basically following them around as they explored the church building because they are on the move. For others, it was basically sitting with them. It's actually... Not a highly skilled activity. You just need to be able to keep a kid safe and be with them. But I will tell you, it is one of the most beautiful things I have seen for a while. What a gift. These these volunteers are, these are, as I looked at them, these, these are all busy people who were here yesterday. They have very full lives. Their time is precious. They chose to give time on a Saturday. And it was beautiful. Are you doing something beautiful? What is it that's precious to you? Is it time? Is it your abilities and talents in some way? Is it financial? Sometimes what it's financial is most precious. And to recognize it as actually the key to being generous. Which is a unique kind of beauty, I think. As we approach the cross in the coming days, I challenge you to think about this. What can I give as a gift, a beautiful gift to Jesus? Because he gave everything for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, as we think about the cross today, as we come closer to next Sunday, which is Palm Sunday, but also known as Passion Sunday, 
as we come closer to Monday, Thursday and Good Friday when we really remember the specifics of what you have done for us on the cross. May we be willing to respond not only with our emotions, but Lord, but also with our lives, with action. I thank you, God, for the, the depth of your love for every single person in this room. It's so easy to get wrapped up in our lives and to forget that we anticipate eternity. That when our hearts stop beating and these human bodies, which are really just like tents that we're living in temporarily, that when we stop living in these human bodies, that our life will go on in eternity and that you have made it possible for us to be with you for eternity. And the way that you did that was by giving your son to die on a cross. I pray that you would remind us of that daily. That we would not take it for granted. And that more than anything, we would be reminded of how deep your love, Jesus, is for us. As we give you our gifts this morning, as we give you our lives, as we surrender, as we sung, sang about earlier, we do it because of your great gift for us and your love for us, Jesus, for we pray in your name. Amen.